Hello listeners, welcome to a brand new episode of the Everybody's Eats podcast. I'm your host Nanad Barbadekar and I'm delighted to be joined by my co-hosts, firstly Alex Collins. Alex, how's it going? That's good Nanad, how are you? I'm good, I'm good Alex. Delighted to be uh, joined by you as always and excited to be talking about today's uh, topic about... Uh... Wait, I know I won't give that away just yet, but first let's welcome Jerry to, <laughs> Jerry to the pod. Hi Jerry, how's it going? Hi guys, hi. <laughs> I'm going well, and hope you two are going well too. Yeah, yeah. That's right. I know, I know. He's he's <laughs> racking them up. He's racking them up, making making full advantage of his uh, loan loan spell so far. No, it's, we're delighted to have you as always, Jerry. Um, well, let's just before we get into the episode, and before we get into the main topic of the episode, let's quickly round up the uh, weekend's action. The big talking points were, of course, Monaco continuing their excellent start of the season, beating last season's second-placed finish Lens 3-0 at home, and Le Havre beating Lorient 3-0 right after they beat Leo 4-1. Bizarre result there. So, again, Le Havre continuing that uh, strong performances against, against big sides after drawing 2-2 against Rennes. Now, the biggest result over the weekend was, of course, Leon won for PSG. A really, really significant result. More so for Leon's, uh, Leon's fortunes so far early in the season. And you could really tell how the result impacted the fans after the game and the scenes that followed full-time. Um, Jerry, I'll come to you first. As a PSG fan, you must be pretty chuffed with how this result went for you. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think... Well, I'm going to be honest. I, I think looking forward to this game, um, most of the fans knew that we were, we were going to win the game, obviously, because um, since the beginning of the season, there's a lot of green lights in the team. So we're really confident into the game. And, and well, that penalty was um, awarded. I think it just, it, it just agrees on what everyone was thinking. And, and yeah, um, I, I do... I was thinking that the game was actually not as 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 easy that the results could uh, imagine. I I do think that there were we saw few flows um, from PSG, but more globally, I I think it was an enjoyable game and I really liked it. Mm, of course, he did four goals. Nothing nothing not enjoyable <laughs> yeah. about that. Um, Alex, I'll come to you now. I know it's a little bit tough to talk about this result and everything, also the ugly scenes that sort of followed between the fans and the players. But if you had to really summarize what is going on with Leon, what 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 would you say? <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously we're we're recording this what almost a week later, so I've had a bit of distance between it, and I never went into the game. I don't think any Leon fans went into the game thinking we'd. <laughs> we'd really win or come away with the results um even but yeah it was bad they actually um for one they could have scored more they actually racked up an xg of almost five which is crazy i think it was 4.58 something like that which is just abysmal um but like jerry said it wasn't actually as one-sided as it sounds um because we put up an xg of about 2.26 or something like that which is pretty good especially against PSG. Um, it was an interesting game. Basically, I think we really made them struggle in their deep build-up, which is something that I think maybe 
PSG should be a bit concerned about because there's one team that shouldn't be making you struggle in your deep build-up. It's Lyon. <laughs> but basically, once they got past the halfway line, like it was basically a shot on goal every single time. We just we just collapsed. Um, yeah, they were they were. We just got murdered in transition. It was it was just it was difficult. Um, yeah, I mean Barcola came on and he almost scored. In my head, would have been on Mars if that had happened. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it was it was it was a mess of a game. I think the team kind of just collapsed as well, like emotionally at some point, which I think is what the fans really took issue with in the second half. I mean, in the second half at the end of the game. Um, yeah, I don't think the comments were unfair or got too ugly. To be fair, I think they were they were quite honest to a point. I think maybe directed at the wrong players, directed at the leaders of the club. That I think. Guys like Kakare and they have been showing up, but they were the ones kind of, and Taglia Fico is another, but they're the, they were the ones kind of singled out. But I think that that's just how it goes. There's a lot of frustration. Things have kind of hit in the deer. Um, I do think things will get better, but but yeah, that's that's where we're sitting, and it it was a hard result to watch. I mean, I was almost so numb to it that I wasn't even feeling like super sad at some point. I was just kind of like, it was but it was kind of just jokes at one point. <laughs> This game really remind me of that game, um, PSG against Lyon. I I don't know, it was like three years ago now. You know when Mbappe scored that like four goals in the game, like it it was like a big result. But yeah, I remember that one. The, the game wasn't as one sided as you said. So this game kind of remind me of that game. Yeah, both transition and, and all of them. Do you know it's a weird one where I feel like. It still managed to be one-sided, yeah. despite the fact that we really threatened you, just because we were so pathetic the other way, that I would say, like, it was, like, yeah, one-sided, but not one-sided. Yeah. Just because of how sh- I feel like this score <laughs> should be something like 6-3, realistically. Like, that would be... <laughs> yeah. Score be something like that, realistically, yes. I feel like. <laughs> I think when you're putting up, like, extra 4.5, yeah. like, the, the score could be anywhere between, like, yeah, I'm surprised not, it was just like, what could have been, like... Called- it would could have been general have an XG of two or one fifty something like that. I have a quite low XG normally. Yeah, so, so yeah. It's often it's just variance going the right way. But yeah. So you guys actually suffered with your finishing despite putting four pastas. But it is what it is. Let's move yeah, on. Yeah, as a neutral, I would have I would have enjoyed a, a six three result. Um but hey, anyway, there's a lot more positive hopefully a lot more positive news coming from Leon's cap. A new search for a um, a coach is underway, I believe, and um, Graham Potter was linked, but also unlinked very soon because he rejected the opportunity to to coach Lyon. But it is believed that John Texter is on the lookout for a uh, for a foreign coach, so it'll be interesting to see how that uh, how that develops uh, over the start of the season. But without further ado, we will get into the topic of the pod today, which is of course the big transfer window review which is where we're going to go through every single league on club, look at their arrivals, departures, and look at some talking points for how they will set themselves, how they have set themselves for the rest of the season with their activity in the transfer window. Listeners, before we get into discussing the clubs themselves, I want to explain a little bit about the order we're doing them in. So as you listen, you will realize that we are doing them in the order of their current placing in the league table, which is, I thought, which is something that we thought would be a fun way to go about Covering different teams, different narratives on the table, so so yeah, that's that's why we sort of settled on this uh, order of doing the teams after much deliberation 
between uh, between Alex and myself. But yeah, without any further ado, let's start with Alex's favorite team, Lyon, who are currently bottom of Liga after finishing seventh last season under Laurent Blanc's guidance. Now, the big talking points, of course, with their with their transfer window are the sales of Bradley Bacola, Castello Luqueba, Malagusto officially leaving this summer for Chelsea. You have to wonder what is the state of the spine of the club now, Alex. Let me come to you first with that question. So, yeah, I think what we're planning to do with each club is just appraise where they are at the end of the window. So looking at their their transfer business and how that, you know, shapes them up for the season. And I have to say, I think we're a weaker team than when we went into the window. I think the biggest part of that is just losing Lukeba, who was our entire defence, to be honest, I mean, I think Lovren was pretty good when he came in last season, but Lukeba was the linchpin of our defence and we've lost him. We replaced him with um, Chileta Carr, or, and I don't really rate him. We also brought in a guy called Jacob Bryan from Crystal Palace, who's like 22, playing in their reserves. Was at Molenbeek, so I, I assumed, which is now our you know affiliate club or part of, the, part of Texas multi-club scheme. So I assumed he'd be going straight to Molenbeek, but no, he's actually now a part of our first team squad. Um, yeah, I have a friend who, who, you know, kind of was very familiar. He's a scout in the, in the game or analyst in, in Irish football and said, like, what are you guys doing with, like, signing this guy? And I was like, don't worry, he's going to Molenbeek and he's, he's still here. So we also signed, we didn't get the, the six that we needed that we so desperately liked. That was the main guy that we went into the transfer window looking for. We were after lots of different players. Um, we didn't get any of them. We ended up getting some guy called Paul Okoko. I've never watched him. He's made like 50 appearances for Betis in the league over like five years. So I don't think the signs are that great. He's also not that young. Um, so yeah, I think we basically lost um, our most important player in defense without replacing him well. And then we didn't get a player just ahead to kind of be that like base of our midfield, which is what we clearly needed going into the window. We signed some nice pieces in midfield. Um, Skele Elvira, I'm very excited about. Ainsley Maitland-Niles, I'm also a, a big fan of. And I can maybe see him being that DM for us, but it's, yeah, it's it's not super promising. Um, I like the Clinton Mata deal for someone ahead of of Kumbedi, who's still coming through, only just turned 18, I think, and, and has a big future, but needs that kind of competition. Um, then I think the big news is we, right at the end of the window, we lost Barcola, which we've discussed before on this part, and I was really hoping wouldn't happen. And I think that's also just a huge loss. He was so important to what made our attacking dynamics so good last season. He had a really good relationship with Shirky, really, really good relationship with Lacazette, um, yeah, called on the cutback king. Like, yeah, just, an, I think, a huge talent that people were kind of scoffing at the 45 million fee, which is maybe a bit steep for the player he is now. But I think in terms of his talents, it's it's not an overestimation. Um, we obviously sold a lot of other players. We brought in, I think the big name in was Ernest Nwema, who I'm very excited about. But I don't think he is as good a player as Barcola is or as polished a player right now. But I'm hoping to be proved wrong. Um We'll see. I was, I was, I was encouraged by him versus PSG, but he did kind of seem like a little bit at odds with the rest of the team in terms of understanding the dynamics, which is understandable. He basically had one day to train with us, so 
So yeah, that's that's an overview. Maybe last thing is Diego Moreira. He brought right at the death because we couldn't sign a winger that we wanted to kind of bring in to also replace Barcola. Because it's important to say people are speaking about Nuama as like Barcola's replacement, which he's ended up being. But we actually wanted to supplement the squad with another winger. And that ended up now being... Um, Moreira, who who sounds like he's too raw for for senior football. Mm. Talking about Nuama then Alex, do you think there's there's more pressure on him now with with Barcola's exit and Moreira's raw nature as of yet? You know, do you think it, there's a bit more pressure on Nuama to like perform straight away after after the international break and really take responsibility in the side? I think with the state of the squad. People are going to have high expectations. Lyon fans always have high expectations. That's a funny thing about the club. Is <laughs> we always have very high expectations. Um, but but I think that the the best thing we can do right now, especially after these losses, and what is going to be at some point, it's not even rumoured really, like Blanc's kind of widely advertised himself as like wanting to leave. Um, and the search for a new manager isn't, you know, it's, it's not being kept under wraps at all. It's a weird situation, but I think what this has to be is a restart, which is really what I was hoping the season wouldn't be. Um, I am happy we're moving away from Laurent Blanc. We've spoken about that before, but but yeah, I think Noama is going to be part of that restart and expecting too much too soon would be would be a mistake, but I'm, 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 I wouldn't be surprised to see him like hit the ground running either. I just think we need to see how things go with him. Okay, Jerry, having heard all of that from, from Alex, what are your feelings about, about Leon's season going forward and where do you think they finish? Yeah, I think Alex makes a great, great call, great analysis. And yeah, Leon really seems to weaker, in my opinion, year after year, really. And I feel like they probably won't finish in the top 10, in my opinion. I think they're going to be, um, they're going to play in the second part of the um, um of the table, if I can say it like this. So I would say that's <laughs> I, a crazy I, take. <laughs> I would go for Lyon this season. Finish something like twelfth. <laughs> Yo, I we are not rated. <laughs> here I'm sitting. Here I'm sitting. Uh, maybe we'll like recover in seventh finish again. No, twelfth. That's what I'm hearing. Oof. Jerry, Jerry, really <laughs> delivering the ground reality of what uh, Leon's uh, potential is this season. Ouch! Wow, even I felt insulted by that. <laughs> okay, let's try to recover and move on to the next club, which is the 17th placed Longs, who ironically finished second, just behind PSG last season, one point short of the title, I believe. Uh, how the how the legends have fallen, it seems, for them. 17th in Liga at the minute. Uh, zero wins, one draw and three losses from their first four games in Liga. With the context of, of course, with some big exits this summer, Seko Fafana and Lois Openda both leaving, replaced by the young Andy Diouf and Sepe Wahi from Montpellier. Along with some smart uh, smart business in signing the likes of uh, Napolis Mendy late in the window, Ruben Aguiar, who I completely missed. I don't know when he joined. I completely missed that announcement even. But Ruben Aguiar has joined from Monaco. And uh, Stein Spearings has, has joined from Toulouse. So the question really stands. Are they still good enough to maybe sustain that European push? It certainly doesn't look that way now. But what are our thoughts, guys? Jerry, I'll come to you first. Um... I 
I will say I will say that maybe they will need time to adjust of the departure, especially of Seko Fofana, because um, he was such a leader on the on the pitch, and obviously he was the captain. He left the club uh, not suddenly, but it's still something I think was quite unexpected when uh, Saudi Arabia came with that offer. And for those reasons, I think that what they're really missing now is just a bit of structure. We see um, Abdul Salman on the pitch kind of not lost, but we can tell it's different to what he used to do. And now he's, he's, like, he's now the main midfielder, uh, obviously. So I feel like they're just all the team needs some time, first of all, to adapt, adjust and adapt to the fact that Sekovofana is gone, so there's less leadership coming from him. And then now it's going to be other people to take that uh, leadership. And also, the fact that Openda left the club, it was... Openda really have a special characteristic. And I think um, it's something... It, it was so just really good with runs, runs uh, behind. And now with Eli uh, who have a similar but still kind of different way of playing, I think there as well the team we need to adapt but there's no doubt that Frank has uh he's the right man to do so because that's basically what they've been doing uh for for a couple of years now so so yeah once again great business by bringing him on Jeff who who was kind of one of the best he was actually awarded best young young player uh, last year in Switzerland in the Swiss league so yeah and you know, I've been talking to people um, who know a lot about uh, French football. And when Andy Diop left Rennes to go to Basel, it was kind of unexpected because he, people were just saying, "Oh, that's a bit strange because he, that player seems kind of ready for the game now." And uh, he showed that in Switzerland, and he, he, is no, he's not surprised now that a, a club such as Lens went to to pick him from Basel and. And I think so far, so far we haven't seen the best of him yet, even though he shows good qualities. But uh, I'm really excited, looking forward, and I do think that Lance will recover from those first uh, bad performances. But as uh, I mentioned in a previous part, I think we will show that more in the second part of the season because I expect them to have a really difficult um, first part of the season. So yeah, really looking forward. Mm, looking forward to Andy Diouf filling in Sikha Fofana's big shoes and big responsibilities on the pitch. Alex, who do you count as the players being key for, for Frank Hayes' uh, push for this season and possible second half of the season revival, as as Jerry says? Well, just to, just to first speak, I think, on their, on their transfers, I do think they bought a lot of players that I can see being good, just having faith in Lance's recruitment. Guys like Oscar Cortez... I think he's quite highly rated. Come from Millionaires. Um, Kusinov, I know, is highly rated, and they got him from um, Energetic in Bulgaria. Um, interestingly, I didn't see Moesa come in, which is funny because they already have what Hidaris lit the club, right? And they also obviously have um, Machado. So that's an interesting one. Um, they got Spearing, who so I'm not that big a fan of, and I think is a weird replacement for basically, I think, now they're. Um, Abdul Samad backup kind of I, I see his value as a positive but not really that defensive pin um we, Ninad, we obviously watched a game where he played alongside Abdul Samad and they were trying to get Abdul 
Yeah, they were trying to get him to do, Abdul Samad to do like more of the eight sort of similar role to like what Seko was doing last season and it wasn't working. So I do think in light of that, Andy Diof is really important. The, the dynamics are kind of similar. So they rely on that like roaming midfielder. Um, and I think equally alongside Andy Diof, Abdul Samad will be really important. Um, in defense, it's um, it's obviously going to be done so He's still looking great. Um, and I think maybe ahead a lot depends on Wahi replacing Openda. Um, he's an interesting transfer. They kind of got him for the same price that they lost Openda. Um, yeah, so I think that those are sort of the big players that I'm looking at. And I I, I agree with Jerry. It's going to take a, a while for things to click at least. I mean, Wahi is a different player from Openda. Um, though I can see them both fitting in the system in different ways, um, I'm a, I'm a bit I'm a bit concerned about the lack of quality behind the striker. I mean, they're very serviceable players, but I really felt like going into the Champions League, this might be their chance to kind of step up and do a little bit more. But I think I think it's a season of rebuilding, which is which is sad. They really should have kept one of Seco or Openda, probably hopefully Seco. But yeah, it is what it is. Um, I'm interested to see how they do this season. I think they'll recover well, but still go through a little bit of a period. Mm, remains to be seen. Well, let's let's move on then to to the um, to the next club, which was one of, in my personal opinion, one of the overperformers of of last season in finishing eighth. So it was Clermont Foot, managed by Pascal Gastier. Um, not too many talking points with them, uh, but this season repeating that overperformance might be a little bit of a tough task, especially considering the underlying figures and especially the expected goal difference per 90, which is sort of a proxy measure for how teams dominated um, their opponents in terms of chance creation uh, every other game. Minus 0.28, which was 14th in the league last season. So I, I guess to look at the positives, they've retained most of their starting level, which is a good thing. And the only major exit was Mateusz Viteshka, who left for for, Spar- for um for Cagliari in, in this window for 3 million, replaced, of course, by by a Swiss league youngster in Andy Pelma. Jerry, why don't you tell us about uh, how Andy Pelma might add value to, to Clermont's side? Um, Andy Pelma, I think, yeah, talked to this about in a, in a previous part as well. Uh, Andy Pelma was really, really good that season in Green Basel. And I, I can see him fit in that back three system because uh, he can carry the ball quite well he's really fast and he generally is not afraid and not never shy away to go forward and that in that reason and the way how um Claremont are playing i think they will be a great a great addition and i really like the fact that um uh, they they got him actually because um he's a he's a player who was announced as a a big prospects younger and kind of get lost in the way and now that he's back on tracks we can say i think uh Claremont is the right club for him to to develop a bit more into the the premises player that you were promised to be so yeah i'm really looking forward to that season to see him and how he could develop um in that side mm. okay i see in one of the arrivals alex there is one olympic leon player Habib Keita, who who Claremont signed for one point two million, do you think this is the this is the sort of level that he can really develop himself? 
Yeah, I think it's a good move for Habib Keita and for the club. I don't think he was Lyon level yet, um, but he's a serviceable player. Um, yeah, I think it's a good move for him. Um, I do think overall, uh, I'm not sure how much he'll play this season or how much he's actually played already. But um, but yeah, I don't know. Clermont Foot should probably struggle a little bit this season, I think, quite a bit. I know you were more high on them going into the season than I was, but I mean, they have Ali Seydou at the back and then they of course have Muhammad Cham. So those are those are their kind of two key players. But I don't know how much I don't know Andy Palmar that well, so I'm interested to see. But I don't know I don't know how strong the squad is overall. They're kind of dependent on a couple pieces. Um yeah, I think they'll probably struggle this season. I'm excited to see if how BB Kater can break in, of course, just from a, a fan of the Lyon Academy. But yeah, and, and what I really like about Clermont as well is they they are now so they change basically change ownership now, and um, the the new president comes called sorry for the pronunciation Ahmed Schaefer. and what he has to know is is he owned two so basically now Clermont is the top of the chain of two other clubs. So there is, I've we seen this summer that a good amount of youngster went alone. To FC Bielbien in Switzerland, which is in third, third or fourth Swiss division now, and they are now in the same same group of clubs because the president also owns FC Bien, and there is another another club in in Australia. Oh no, not Australia. Um, Australia. Aust- Aust- Austria, Austria. Thank <laughs> yeah, thank you. I, I, I was being confused. Yeah, and I, I forgot the name of the club now. You have to look later. But yeah, and I think. Then they now just starting maybe a new project. Something it's good to see because more of the time we've seen this with like uh, Strasbourg French club are not top of the project. They just you know one of the stepping stone for players to go in, into bigger thing. And having Clermont as top of one project might be a great, a great, a great development for for the club. No, it will be. It will be. I have to say, I missed this news completely. Uh, the Clermont Food stepping into a multi-club ownership, which is probably good. It's it's a uh, like you say, Jerry. It's a very fresh change of uh, dynamics. Not good <laughs> no, not good for football, <laughs> sure. But it's interesting from a from a very uh, <laughs> objective standpoint. Uh, the fact that a league one club is top of the chain in terms of a multi-club uh, ownership model, as opposed to uh, you know as we've seen with Lorient and uh, Olympic Lyon. So yeah, it's a refreshing change of pace i suppose well thank you for that jerry very interesting point well we'll move on next to last season's um coupe de france runners-up in uh, nantes who replaced kumbare uh, with pierre astui their their previous manager and pierre astui was of course the Nantes. i think he was a youth coach in the Nantes setup now finished 16th last season in liga uh, i personally expect them to struggle similarly this season Especially in the context of them losing uh, Lodovic Blas, and as I always say, no Ludo, no party. Um, and it's a bit of a transition season for them, I feel, with with uh, Ludo's departure. Uh, you know, they've added some value with the likes of Mustafa, Mustafa Mohamed, Augusto, Adson, Marquinhos from Arsenal as well, and maybe they've got one player in Matisse Abelin to develop the season and give more opportunities to. So, so yeah, Alex, I'll come to you. How do you see Lens' uh, season panning out? I mean, Blas wasn't the only um, big loss. I think Andy Delors is another big one. Um, 
Yeah, I think I think overall, and also then guys who left on left on loan and stuff. So I think they're weakened up front a little bit. Guisson um, is is one guy that I'm thinking of. <laughs> Mustafa Muhammad looks um, good as a permanent signing. I think he'll do a serviceable job. I do think we, we spoke about it in the previous pod that they maybe lack that kind of creator who can make it stick. But they they brought in Addison. I was quite impressed with his debut. Um, and then of course we spoke, we spoke about Ablin. And then Marquinhos can add something. So I think they've they've done some really good business overall. And I'm excited to kind of see how they do. Because they especially look better this season than I was expecting them to. Um, still some things to work out in terms of like connecting that deeper build-up with some sort of sustainable progression into the final third and generating shots. But but I'm quietly um, quietly positive about, about Nantes this season. Mm. Jay, do you share Alex's optimism? Yeah, definitely. I think now this season, um, uh, after losing obviously Comboire and all the one we talked previously, I think this is they're really looking into getting into like we kind of as I say like a new project because yeah. So Aristo came back from the the, the second team and they now they got a good academy last season with the academy. They won the. Um, how can I say that? Like the French Cup, but in a way, like you know, French in under nineteen is like there is divided in South North, and then it's playoff. So they and they kind of won it all with a great generation, and I think that's what um, Long is is trying to do now. Just try to build them on that on that on that win and introduce those players into the the first team. I actually want to ask Jerry, did you do you know it all about Anders Bastian? Mepi, you guy coming through because I hadn't heard about him, and then suddenly we see him starting. Obviously, he he got a red card right early in the game, a little bit unfortunately, I think. But but did you hear about him just in light of the the academy doing so? Yeah, well? so uh, yeah, he he was like a a, a prospect that was announced in in North Academy. He was doing really well, and obviously he had a red card um, straight into the game against Marseille. But uh, from what I've heard, so obviously I'm not, I haven't seen, I've, I don't know much of him. I just know that I was a good player that was announced. But from what I heard, he's the kind of player that won't really, like, it's not the kind of mistake where he's going to just throw himself uh, about it and think he's quite solid mentally. Uh, and so, yeah, so so they basically have a good amount of, of youngers waiting for them to start because, yeah, so as I was saying, he's, the project now seems to, and also, uh, now it's been suffering a lot of the uh, of the insurance of multi multi agent by bringing on the cl- players that the club didn't need, and they just try to get rid of all of them. Obviously, when you have um, Kita as your owner, sometimes it's just hard to do this. But it's, it seems like this season it has been less uh, in the first plan, and they just try to talk more about football. So yeah, so I think that that was maybe the project on of. of of nonce this season so far. And as a one sign that kind of impressed me as well is um that Augusto man from from Polk. I think yes. uh, I think defensively he's one of a big asset for them and I've I've looked at a few stats. I think he's like one of the best uh, um defensive player in Liga uh, so far at the beginning of the season. Uh so so yeah I'm just really looking forward to see if uh coming in more in the season, they will be able to develop maybe a bit more the way they want to play uh, offensively because defensively, I think, is the team. 
uh, as Alex mentioned, that seems really well in, in place. Mm, well, my pessimism has now been properly defeated by both of your optimisms about, uh, about <laughs> North. I think they'll be okay. You know what, you've convinced me. They'll be fine this season. Uh, so we'll, we'll move on now to, to Montpellier, who are currently sitting 14th in the table. Finished 12th, so almost the same uh, last season under Michel De Zakarian. Now, the big talking points with them, of course, are losing Sepe Eliawahi and Steffi Mavridi in one window. So two big creative and attacking assets there. They've replaced them, to be fair, in, in uh, Acor Adams. So he's a striker that's coming from Leostrom for a fee of 4.5, uh, 4.5 million. And they've also got uh, Altamari, who I believe is one of the first... I haven't fact-checked this. I should have done. But I think he's one of the first Jordanians to play in the men's top five leagues. And both of them impressed thus far, scoring three goals each to, to their name. Um, Alex, I'll come to you. Uh, how do you see Montpellier's season turning out in the light of Eliwahi's departure? And do you think they'll be they'll be solid, just as solid as uh, as last season? Yeah, I think I think Montpellier will be solid again this season. I mean, they didn't just lose Wahid; they lost Mavididi. So maybe there's a lot of pressure on um, Akar Adams and their new signings to really deliver. Akar Adams has started well. I don't think they're gonna pull up trees or anything. Um, Altamari also looks good, as you as you said. Um, but they still got Teji Savinier. They need him to kind of, you know, arrest any decline and continue to be Teji Savinier, like the ultimate streets won't forget footballer. But overall, I think they'll, I think they'll just be a solid team again. I, I kind of a mid-table finish. I can't remember where we kind of predicted them to finish mid, um, in preseason, but I think that's kind of where they'll land. I don't have too much else to to add. Mm, Jerry, any thoughts on on Montpellier? Yeah, I do think losing Mavididi and L Y uh, is is like a, a big loss for them because they were so important in their transition. But so far, um, Oko Adams and Musa Altamahi seems to to fit in that role not perfectly because well, obviously, especially Mavididi. I think Mavididi is a really good player. Uh, and I'll be sad. I'm a bit sad that he left Ligue 1. I, I enjoyed watching him, but obviously he went back to England now. But yeah, um, I think that losing those both of those players could not yeah won't be too bad because Oko Adams and Antamari those look good, but they just lost off of that of that three that they used to have in 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 transition. Um, Regardless, if you look at defensively, well, uh, once again, I'm glad that another fellow Swiss player joined another league and club with Desi Romeradic. And I, I think it's a good deal. Obviously, uh, you guys don't know much about him, I, I presume. But Romeradic okay, is one of the new young Swiss players as well that was announced, kind of like a really good player. But uh, he had an injury and had few setbacks, and now he seems to... to, to to be back uh, full strength now. So I'm really looking forward to see his, if he can fit. So he's basically a, a, midfield, a midfielder who in place centre-backs and now for, for for years. So I'm really looking forward to see if he can fit in that uh, there's like a hand defence. Mm, very interesting. Alex? Oh no, I'm I'm aware of Amaraji, so I'm quite excited to see how he does. But yeah, I think I think my optimism kind of comes from the fact that I I kind of always see Montpellier as like the the Burnley or whatever of 
of Liga on just in terms of that they'll always kind of be consistently doing something. But maybe, you know, same as what happened with Burnley when they went down until they don't and then they get relegated. So so maybe I should be a bit more worried with them in transition. But yeah, I'm I'm, I'm glad Jerry paid some homage to to Mavididi, who is a you know a Hale End graduate. So I have to ha- shout him up. I'm actually surprised that he went down a division to the championship. I feel like he could do something in the Premier League. But but yeah. Let's talk about one of the uh, newly promoted sides in Mets, who currently sit 13th in the league on standings. They finished second last season in League 2. And I suppose the big talking points with them are, um, are Giorgios Mikotadze's uh, exit, uh, which will be the significant one to deal with. Alongside him, of course, the second top scorer from, uh, from last season, I believe, was uh, Yusuf Maziz. Both of them combined for about 44 goal contributions for them uh, in, in League 2. So my worry for them really is where are the goals coming from? Because so far, they are third bottom for open play expected goals according to Opta, 2.13. Um, Alex, I'll come to you. Where do you see Mets finishing this season? Yeah, Mets, I think they're getting relegated this season. Um, so much was on Mikatodze. Like when we spoke about them in the beginning of, of um, you know, right before preseason, the new season for the pod, we, we said like, yeah, basically Mikatodze is what's going to keep them up. And they lost him. They didn't bring in at least anyone that I'm that aware on, anyone that I'm that aware of that'll keep them up. Um, I'm excited to see Joel Osoro. I don't really know him that well, but I've heard his name for years now. So I'm excited to see him. Um, they've got some serviceable footballers. They've got, as always, probably some real quality coming through from Generation Foots. Um, and then Jean Croissant is, is a good player too. So they've got some really nice young players. I think they're quite a young squad. Um, but yeah, they're basically, they're dependent on the unknown and I can't really make judgments off the unknown. So based on that and the fact that they are quite low in the table already, um, I know they're ahead of like the likes of Hans and Leon, but I expect them to shoot up at least. Not as much as Jerry seems to, but um, <laughs> which I still think is crazy. But anyways, um, we're not speaking about Leon anymore. So yeah, I think I think they they're quite a big candidate for relegation unless they unless one of these you know young players really delivers, which I'm hoping for. Mm. Jerry, is there any hope for yeah, me? I think it's going, to be, it's going to be a hard season for from that next team because losing Mikotadze so late in the season, I think they didn't really replace him. Uh, is a is a is a big loss for them. So I feel like they will really will struggle um, this season and. They probably won't stay up, but I still wish them the best. Yeah, good luck, Mets. Mm. <laughs> good luck. <laughs> yeah, because I, as Alex mentioned, I, I, I'm going to be honest, I don't know much of the player they're bringing in this season. But um, but yeah, we'll see. And uh, hopefully, hopefully, maybe they will surprise us all. We don't know. Mm. I, it seems unlikely to be honest. I mean, even if with with the with the attacking players they have brought in, you look at like Oscar Estepinha, you look at Benjamin Tete, both of them from from Hull City, not very encouraging goal returns for either of them. And like you really saw with Miko say like how key he was to their results and their positive performances in the first uh, first four games. But now he's gone. So with that, I think their their hopes for survival also seem to be gone. Alex. <laughs> Can I have 
with one parting comment as I noticed Ibrahim Nia was was sold to Angers um for five hundred thousand. I wonder if they regret that now, having lost Mika Todza. Um I'm I'm personally sad because Nia was a player I really liked when he first broke through. He had a bad injury, never really came back from it. But you know, uh, you can always kind of hope to unlock that talent. But yeah, they seem lights up front. Um, yeah. Cool. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll move on to last season's uh, Coupe de France winners in FC Toulouse, who finished thirteenth under under Philippe Montagnier. Uh, supposedly not to the the delight of the club's hierarchy, who sacked him thereafter. Which seems like a very bizarre decision to replace him with uh, with Carlos Martinez. Um, before we talk about um, before we talk about those uh, those two and that decision to to bring in Martinez, let's talk, let's go through a big summer for them in terms of the exits more so than the entries. We have so they've lost a lot a lot of quality from from their starting eleven. Look at Faris Shaibi, Rafael Ratao. I'm basically going to read out the exits list because it's very significant. It's Faris Shaibi, Rafael Ratao, Adonaibu, Maxime Dupe, Brecht de Chahera. You have Stein Spearings, Franken Burden Bowman, Anthony Rawls went on loan to Stuttgart late in the window. So that is a lot of starting quality to lose and to lose and. <laughs> <laughs> And the players that they've signed, Nicolas Schmidt is is a starter. Aaron Donham brings some promise from from Standard Liège, and aside from that, I don't really see a lot in Toulouse this season, and I think they'll struggle. But Jerry, tell us if you have something different uh, in mind for for Toulouse. Yes, yeah, so I would say it was a really um, bizarre decision of of sacking the Paris manager. Um, there's a funny story about it. Apparently, it's because they're stuck team because uh, in the leagues, they were expected to do better results because we know that Toulouse is a really data-oriented club and didn't meet the expectation of whatever uh, algorithm they were using. And therefore, they decided to stack team. I think it's really weird because uh, on the other hand, they still win the, the Coupe de France. So, yeah. But yeah, this season, they, uh, as you mentioned, you know, they lost they lost I really good amount of player without really replacing them if I can say. And and well, all we want to do with you know, um with the club back to lose who we, who we know are really data oriented, um, is be surprised by the player they they bring in because most of the time they are a player uh we don't that we don't know much about them, but we know they are good because otherwise they wouldn't be at Toulouse. So so yeah, I haven't been impressed by them so far this season. But yeah, new manager, um, new player. So maybe it could it could take some time. But I we I'm really intrigued about what they can they can do this season. Mm. Alex, with uh, with the context of all of these big exits, do you think Abukla and Dalinga will have a big role to play in wherever to lose finish this season? Um, yeah, for sure. Abuklal, I think, is going to be their main man, especially since um, Delinga is very service-oriented, so you kind of need to get the ball into him. And as we've kind of touched on already, like it's really hard to talk about the squad. I mean, we did a deep dive on them last season, but they've lost the coach. Um, and they've also lost basically the whole team, like Branko van der Boomen, gone. Stane Spearing's gone. Um, Dejahira, gone. All of them on, on a free, by the way. Um, and that's their entire midfield. 
guys like Maxime Dupay, he's gone. It seems to be replaced well by by a very young goalkeeper. Um, but yeah, they've they've lost a lot of important players. Anthony Rolt out on loan, which is interesting, despite them playing a back three now under the new coach. So it's really hard to kind of to see what this team is gonna do. I do think Aaron Dunham's a cool pickup and. I do have a lot of confidence in their, um, you know, their director of football, having learnt about him and followed his career. But yeah, it, it's hard. It's hard to kind of to kind of see how they're going to do this season. And I do agree with you. I think um, Abukla will be there. Should be their key player. Um, but no doubt, it's legal. There will be some one or two like really important players coming out of the woodworks that we will that we will follow. But but yeah, hard to see how they do. I don't think they improve on last season's finish, but maybe they kind of equal it. It depends really on on how their squad shapes up. I have to say, really, really does, yeah. And I think yeah, ultimately they'll probably do well to to yeah, like you said, Alex, repeat last season's uh, league finish. And with that, I think we've covered so far um, the first half or the second half, I should say, of of the league table so far. Let's talk about Lorient, guys. Um, they finished tenth last season in Liga under Regis Lebris. And I suppose the big talking points for them are them sort of fully coming to the end of this transition period where they've seen a lot of big players leave. Terra Moffi, now Enzo Lefe's left this summer, Ibrahim Akone, Vito Manone, and Adil Aushishe. So some big names leaving. But but the but the return of uh, of Roman Favre expected to be key for them this season, Jerry. Yes, I think uh, especially as Luffy left the club, they need that tr- uh, I, a generator of creativity, and I think he's the right player for that. And I think so far he's been running the show forwards. Um, he's like a really key a key player for the attacks, and I think it was. I think maybe uh, I don't think he's a he's a bad player. I just think Leon Mai could have been not a, a good environment for him. But since he's back at at um at Lorient, he does really look good with them. I think the way that Lebris uh put his player just really suits him. So I'm 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 looking forward to see more of him and of Lorient this season. Mm, absolutely, absolutely. Another player that has excited uh amongst the amongst the rivals is uh, Isaac Toure from who's joined from Marseille. And uh, the question really begs that you know, whether he can get a starting spot here. And uh, Alex, what do you think of that? Uh, can he get a starting role under under Regis Lebris? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think he could get a starting spot at, at Marseille. I'm surprised they, they, they loaned him. But, but yeah, he's a big one. Um, I'm excited to see him. Obviously, he had a very successful loan out at Auxerre last season. Um, just in general, to speak about their, their squad, I think they've they've reinforced really well. They've got Bakayoko there. Um yeah, they've added some, obviously Farah has spoken about, they've got some some big players that they've added. And then I think guys that are, that are ready to step up, uh, such as Ponzo, for example, who we've spoken about before in this part. I think Ibrahim Akone could have another big season. Um, then there's also Decore. So, so yeah, I think they've, they've got it. They've got, and then Bamba Dieng. So they've actually got, I think they're quite stacked across, especially for a team that I think people thought might struggle. Um, I think they're going to do decently this season. I can see that sort of 10 to 12th range being very, very achievable. And if one or two of the bigger clubs struggle, um, 
for example, Lance and Lyon currently sitting at the at the base of the table, then I think they could, you know, look at ninth or so. I think they're a good team. Mm, agreed, agreed. Let's move on to the um, second of the promoted sides in Le Havre, who were league champions under, under Luca Elsner last season. Uh, they made an impressive start to the season, all things considered. Five points from four games. Don't think you can complain too much about that. Uh, and their recent performances against Rennes and Lorient, as mentioned earlier in the in the episode, show that they they might have some substance uh, some substance at this at this level after all. So, I mean, they got promoted as as champions for a reason. So, um, yeah. So of of their arrivals, um, Mohamed Bayo is a big one. So, Alex, in the context of his arrival, late arrival, I should say, to to the club, how do you think they'll do this season? Um, I'm interested to see. I mean, I don't know much about Lahav yet. They, they look decent. I mean, they're doing decently so far. Uh, Jerry spoke about how exciting Luca Elsner is, and, and we should follow more Ligue 2, but we, we don't. So I'm excited. I think also some of their transfers are looking really good. So he spoke about Mohamed Bayo. We spoke earlier this season about like a concern over, you know, lack of goals. And I think he he can, if you if you give him, you know, service in the right way, he can get you goals. He's, he's showing that... Um, I think I also I really like the Emmanuel Savi um, transfer for a different reason. I, I had him on Football Manager a couple a couple of years back um, when I had a FC Nordsjælland save and and I and I brought him in and he bagged he bagged like crazy for me. So so I hope he brings that to La Havre as well. I think they've also got a couple of other smart um, pickups. I've heard about that Dala Kuzhev guy before. Um, he sounds like he could be good. Then of course, um, Brussel and Di from FC, um, so sure. So I think they've they've done some nice recruitment. I can't speak much to the players that they've sold because I haven't watched many of them. That's fair. That's fair. Jerry, what are your thoughts on on the half season? Yeah, this season I, I haven't watched uh, much of them, but um, I know that last season they were really interesting uh, in league there. So I've no doubt that. Uh, because now it's doing what's uh, contributing on on what he's been doing last last season, and yeah, um, and we don't talk much about them, but Lahav as well is also one of those teams who are really data oriented. Um, they have a really good uh, dip, uh, directing spot, which is who is Mathieu Bodmer, and he's been recognizing in France to be. Have a lot of initiative idea uh, because he bring on with him a, uh, a lot of you know you know we all know those um, people who are really good, better than people on Twitter, but no one in football industry gave them their chances. And basically, since he took over the club, much of the man league, the uh, that's why he's been doing. So, so yeah, I'm ju- I'm just curious about how they're gonna make click all those. Um, all those players, but there is no doubt that uh, it's something good. Mm, definitely worth uh, worth keeping an eye on this season, Lahav. Uh, let's move on to another team that are experiencing a bit of a transition this uh, this season. Are uh, Salzburg under um, now the management of uh, Patrick Vieira, previously managed by Antonetti, Lescone, and of course Julien Stefan. They finished 15th last season in, in Liga. So I suppose the big big talking points for them are, of course, the relationship now they have uh, with Chelsea, 
and the obvious financial benefits that uh, Daddy Bowley has uh, has bought for for the squad. And uh, what was really stood out to me was the average age of their uh, incoming signings was 20 years old. So clearly, they are targeting young players who can contribute uh, at a um, at a very competitive level in Liga. And uh, yeah, just talking about some of their exits, you know, the likes of Jean-Ric Nebelegard, Habib Diallo, Alexander Jiku, a favorite of Alex, of course. All of these big names leaving uh, leaves them in a bit of a transition. But how do you think they'll they'll handle that, Alex? Um, well, early signs are, are that they'll handle it well. The three that you pointed out are huge players to leave that have serviced the club so well. I'm actually really sad. That Belagard has gone off to Wolves. I think it's a good move for him and it's at the right time, to be fair. But he's also a big reason why they've done well so far. So they, they'll have to adapt. He's been the, their main player so far this season. But the early the early signs from Omega, um, Sila, look really, really good. Um, Angelo, I think, looks a good player from the bit I caught of him um, in, in preseason with Chelsea. And Junior Mwanga is also a big signing. So I think they've done well. Um, I think Vieira is a, a solid coach for them. So, yeah, uh, I'm looking forward to them this season. Talking about Vieira then, Jerry, do you think he's ideal for a for young squad such as uh, Strasbourg's? I don't have a really um, uh, controver- not controversial, balanced opinion about Vieira. I, I don't think he did really good at least back then. Uh, at Crystal Palace, from what I followed, they had uh, a decent first year. But then it became quite complicated. And so far at at Strasbourg, I'm not quite sure. Uh, because when you, when you look at the Strasbourg, doesn't, it doesn't look much different from what they, they have been in the past. Uh, I do think Strasbourg needed to have a turn uh, only because now, well, they we all know that they, they're part of the Miltic uh, ownership uh, club. But I'm not sure if Patrick Vieira was the right manager to do so. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, I'm just curious to know what what he will be in, in the in the games in coming. I do want to say that I, I'm also not the biggest Patrick Vieira fan. I just think he's probably solid enough to keep to keep them doing well, which I think is honestly like we even spoke about the you know the average age of their signings and the fact that they're selling Villegard. Like it's very much a club that is now being run, you know, under Chelsea. And I think that that shows through. And I think Vieira is someone that keeps them solid. Um, it's exciting because that means we are seeing cool players coming in like Angelo, Asila and Omega. But I, I want to see, and Amwanga as well, I want to see over a longer term. Of course, these players also coming for huge feeds, by the way, a lot of them, uh, for, for, especially for a club of Strasbourg's standing financially. Um, but... But yeah, I want to see how this happen- This takes place longer term. I think they've got a very good defense, though. Um, but the one thing that is key, and I think it's going to be really important to see, is, is how they do without Villegas, because Vieira has always been reliant on individual quality kind of running his offenses, the, his attacks. And yeah, I think now it's going to fall on, on who, really? Probably Angelo to kind of run the attacks for them. Now that Villegas is gone. Um, I say his name not confidently, but just because I can't really think of who else. I think Omega looks like he can hold it down at centre forward. It's still a bit raw, um, but yeah. So I think I think it's an interesting one to see, and it really does depend, I guess, on on certain players stepping up. 
Let's talk about Nice then, uh, who finished ninth last season in Liga under Lucien Favre's management first, then replaced by Didier Diga, who really steadied the ship and made sure they landed smooth. Now, this summer, they replaced him with uh, Francesco Farioli, and the squad was already really decent, but there are concerns with the volume of exits, and a few more squad options could have been good to add for them, but... Talking about the positives, I think keeping Jean-Claire Toribo uh, was ultimately a good achievement for the for the club, wasn't it, Jerry? I think keeping uh, Jean-Claire Toribo was a good thing. He was definitely now the broke of that defense. I think if they would have lost lo- lose him so late in the transfer window, he would have made for them a really complicated season. But yeah, uh, having kept him just showed that uh, the project you know, is still on in a way. Like they still want to compete uh, to play the first place in Liga. Now, um, we'll see how how that defence could organise around him. But uh, yeah, keeping him, he, he definitely uh, showed green lights about a project and what, what Inos really want to do with, um, with Nice. Mm. Talking about the attack then, um, Alex, the likes of Tara Moffi, Jeremy Boga... And, of course, Kefren Turam still at the club. Do you think they could be the core of uh, what Farioli wants to do in forward areas? Yeah, I mean, for sure. I think those are, those are all going to be very important players. I think they've got, a good, they've got a good attack. I mean, yeah, as you spoke about Boga and, and Murphy kind of headlining it, but then Laborde, Sofian Diop, Badruddin Bonani, uh, Guisson, player I like a lot, are hardly... You know, hardly um, back up to kind of turn your nose up. So I think they're they're a quality squad. I think yeah, obviously Kevin Durham, big player as well. I'm a big fan of Ndayeshimiye. Um Yeah, I think this is just a really good squad. I think what we spoke about in another bit is it. It kind of looks a little bit light. Well, not light. I think it's a small squad packed full of quality, but maybe not as big as other squads. So I think a couple injuries could harm them. Maybe not so much in the forward areas actually. Maybe more midfield, I can see it, it becoming a problem. But, but yeah, I think they're going to be good this season, I have to say. Oh, I even forgot about Boudet. So I think, yeah, I think they're going to be a good a good team this season, um, for sure. We spoke about them maybe making, yeah, top four, top five teams. I'm pretty confident in them landing up there. Yeah, I think what, what helps with the, with the thin squad as it is, is the fact that they don't have any European action to worry about. So I think if uh, those true. minutes if those minutes are managed well and if barring any injuries unforeseen circumstances I think they'll be fine and like I said yeah finishing in uh, in a European place should be a a good target for them All right before we get into the Top seven of the league, listeners. Unfortunately, we must tell you that Jerry has left the pod. Not left the pod, really. He's left the episode. Rest in peace, Jerry. <laughs> He's left the episode. He had to. He had to do more important things than this pod, which we understand is fine. Alex and I are not nearly as important <laughs> as everything else. But as they say, as they say, as they say, the show must go on, and so it does with. Uh, your old uh, duo of Alex and myself. So we'll, we'll move it on. We'll move it on with uh, Alex's favorite club, 
I should say. Um, second favorite behind Leon, to be fair, with Ren. So last season they finished uh, fourth, and they're currently sitting seventh in the in the league standings. Uh, of course, still under the management of uh, Bruno Genesio, the greatest manager in the world. Um, they have done some really interesting business and some good business, to be fair, getting a couple of the best midfield French talents in the in the league in um, Ludwig Blas and uh, Enzo Lefay. Ultimately, a good move for both of them, a step up in quality, and um, yeah, they should be really useful signings. Fabian Rieder and um, Mertug. Yildirim, both under-21 signings that are interesting and should, you know, add value to their existing young crop of players. And um, yeah, Nemanja Matic bringing some experience to the helm. But some big exits now, Alex, like talking about Ugo Chukwu, talking about Jeremy Doku, Loic Pade, of course, officially leaving um, the summer, Lovro Meyer leaving as well. So those big exits will, will definitely hurt them in some, some respects. Yeah, I mean, you said that they're my second favorite club, and I used to that very um, sarcastic. That was the intention, to be clear. But it, <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> I just don't want to start the, you know. Um, but I do like, I do like Ren um, as a club in terms of, you know, values, culture of the club, academy. But like, yeah, the rest frustrates me. Their their recruitment always does, and I feel like it's still it's still it frustrates me now. I mean, they brought in like Enzo Lefe and Ludo Blas. Awesome players. Rida, I'm really excited. I think Nemanja Vatic is also a good pickup. So to be fair, they signed good players. But like we spoke earlier in the pod, um, I don't want to interrupt Jerry speaking about the, the surprise um, of letting Andy Diouf go. But the, the reasoning given was um, the high expectations about uh, Leslie Aguchoku, who's one year younger. And lol, they've, they've sold him for $27 million one year later. So they may as well have kept Diouf or sent him out on loan. Um, f***ing idiots. But anyways, um, <laughs> this is this is just my issue. I think that they always kind of just stack with quality. I, I, if we if we're looking how they shape up, I feel like they're probably stronger. To be honest, I think they never really. It's more about Genesio not getting the most out of guys like Doku and not being able to build with guys like Ugochukwu. I think then I think Lefay. And Ludo Blush are more ready players, which makes them better in the short term. And, and I think also quite strong interpretive players, um, especially like Enzo Lefebvre in midfield, kind of similar to Beauregard. And in kind of having that freedom of mind himself, I think the Manu much just brings the structure. So I do think they're better, but I think what you find, what you're going to find with Ren is as we've kind of always seen with Genesio, is strong runs of form where all players are kind of riffing off each other, if you will, like really almost like, you know, like a jazz sort of thing, you know, like working together. But then also the moments where they aren't strong, one or two of the key players aren't at the best of form, you find them far more susceptible to those slumps. I think you can compare this to like like a poor man's Real Madrid in a way, right? And, and I think that's going to ring true for them. I don't think that they're going to be that great this season um, compared to the expectations I think that people have with them arguably having the second best team. I think there's an argument for it, at least definitely a top four team um, squad in the in the division. But I don't know if they get fourth place. I think fifth, sixth is attainable. Um, but yeah, you know that I'm, I'm eternally low on Genesio as a coach. No, as he should be, as he should be. It's, it's weird though. I feel like 
you know, you speak about how Genesio set up his side to get the best of his best out of his players. Jeremy Doku went on a really good run in the second half of the season, mm-hmm. and um, he did. That's true. And then that sort of made it curious that why would they, you know, choose to cash in on him now, especially when they gave him the opportunity, gave him the reins. This is your team. Go for it. Selling Sulemana and then giving Doku the reins of of the attack and then choosing to cash in on him so quickly, which to be fair, he went for a big fee, 60 million. They probably wouldn't have, um, wouldn't have gotten as big a fee if they had waited a bit more, or maybe they had. It's it's a numbers game, isn't it? It's 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 like you know. I think it's a good fee for them. To yeah, solve. it is. It is an excellent uh, yeah, fee. It is an excellent fee. fee for for a half season of consistent performances from from Jeremy Doku. You'd have to say. So so yeah, interesting yeah. to interesting to see how yeah. And the, they've still got exceptional quality up front. I mean, like I mean, Guerri. Obviously, um, Martin Terrier still needs to come back, and then Colin Window as their striker. I think he's mm. gonna actually take a little bit of a step up this season. So, don't know why I put such an emphasis on the he's there, but you get me. I think he's gonna take a step up this season. Um, so I think they've still got a very good squad. I mean, I can see them doing well. I just don't have the confidence in in the consistency for them to do well or for. Uh, not to complain about him again, but Genesio to extract the most that he can from the squad. But uh, yeah, I actually think Loki Matic might be the most interesting and important signing they made, and just in terms of bringing structure and know how to that deep build. No, absolutely, um, absolutely. Has so, yeah. just former Manchester United and uh, and Chelsea midfielder the Mane Matic bringing. You know, I actually forgot he even played for Man United. I don't well, know how to associate. You with you've been popular to have a to have a poor man. It's the same way. It's the same way that like Mate was only at Chelsea for two seasons. Well, hey, it's still United for like still eight counts. years. It still counts. blows my mind. Still <laughs> All right. Well, that was that was then. So let's talk a little bit about uh, about Brest next. Last season, they they brought in Michel Zakarian to steady the ship for them. He managed to bring them to fourteenth um, in Liga last season. They currently sit fourth, which is uh, oh no, sorry, they currently sit sixth in the. Uh, in the league standings, which is a very strong start for them, and they made some really, really start, smart moves, which I'm, um, which I'm excited by, especially the loan moves they've made. You know, talk about Kamari Dumbia, Bilal Brahimi, Jordan Amawi, some really, really quality players bringing uh, some, some useful depth. No, I didn't even know that's where Dumbia went. Well, okay. now you know, now you know, Alex. That's that's what you that's what you get. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I'm I'm generally quite optimistic about where they will finish this season. I know we were quite low on them in the season preview pod, but I feel like with the business they've managed to complete now, yeah, solid mid-table finish for them is is what I see. Despite losing, you know, Frank Honorath, who was their big creative presence, uh, losing him to Gladbach for a peanuts fee of what eight million. Uh, could have could have gone for a little bit more, but it is what it is. Um, Alex, what do you what do you think of of Brest? Um, well, they they locked down Bradley Locker, um, <laughs> and I think he's going to be a huge part of their attack. We've already seen um, Kenny Lala and him being kind of their main source of creativity, but in a good way from from the fullback areas. Um, I really like the signing of Madi Kamara. 
Uh, I spoke about it in preseason as well. And I think that sort of midfield um, alongside Pierre, Lies Malou and Manetti, it's a strong, uh, and Le Durand as well, um, playing in those areas. It's a, it's quite a, um, what's it? It's quite a industrious middle. I think also you've got guys like Steve Mounier who they can deliver into. And then, we, yeah, I think who's going to be important, Ramon Del Castillo, keeping on a hold of him was important. He's, he's looking like he's taking... Adding that consistency to his game so far this season, it's too early to really say over a long period. But yeah, I agree with you. Guys like Bilal Brahimi, cool signing. Jordan Mamavi, cool signing alone as well. Martin Satriano, going to be already starting for them at, at centre forward. And he looks like he's a little bit more filled out, which I think they need from their centre forward position, the way that they're trying to, to create. So it just looks like a strong, industrious team, which I think we've seen over the years in Lyon. I'm not over the years in Lyon has always kind of, there's always been one team that's played that way and just done very well. And I think it'll be them this season. So I agree with you kind of, it sounded like I'm tipping them to win the title. I'm not, but I think that, I think that they'll, they'll be somewhere around, you know, um, ninth to 12th if they keep it up like this. For sure. For sure. I mean, it's, it's good early momentum, isn't it? And the, and the start of the season to, to be able to, you know, stand in, in the top six. So it's good. It's good for them. And, uh, and yeah, to talk about the team above them is uh, Paulo Fonseca's Lille, who currently sit fifth in Ligue 1, finishing similarly last season. And uh, and yeah, with them, after having built a very, I'd say, strong foundation in, the, in their first season under Fonseca, we do expect them to kick on. But personally, I'm not very impressed with the business they've done in terms of the quality they've been able to bring in. Um We've already seen a lot of these players gain significant minutes so far. So the likes of Haraldson, Thiago Santos, we saw Miramon start. On the face of it, fact, you know, they are good business deals in the sense that they have been able to get young players in good with good value. Haraldson at fifteen million, I'm a little bit iffy on that on the return of that fee. But but yeah, I mean, looking at the players that they've lost this season. Uh, this summer is Carlos Baleba, who went to Brighton for 27 million. Timothy Weir, another big player that's gone. Jose Font, a big leader figure at the back. He's gone as well. Jonathan Bamba. No big loss there. <laughs> Jonathan Bamba is not, not as much of a loss, so we'll leave him out there. That's but yeah, big, big exits, isn't it, Alex? Like, And, and yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm curious that they haven't brought in more, more of a star quality to the team. But I suppose they've kept a star quality with, with Jonathan David in the side. So that's ultimately good for them. Yeah, no shame. The Bamba thing's my own. I've never really seen it with that player. I know a junior friend of the pod is a huge fan. And I'm just... <laughs> he'll have one decent season and then one like not good season at all. Um, but anyways. Um, yeah, I agree with you on Haraldson. I'm still not quite seeing it for the fee put out. And I think they are a weaker team this, this, this year. I mean, Jose Font is actually a big loss in the dressing room as well as on the pitch. I think one of the underrated defenders of this generation. Having said that, they brought in Umtiti, who is an amazing player, um, just been dogged by injuries. I'm really sad now that we didn't get him, especially seeing how we've ended up the window, we being Lyon. But but yeah, they've signed, they've signed some really good players. Thiago Santos looks great so far. I think, and I think he's gonna end up going for forty plus million to some Premier League club. Um, Miramont had a disastrous debut, 
Um, but we'll see how he does. I'm a, I'm a fan of Bentaleb. I've always been. I know other people are a little bit lower. Whether he's enough of a replacement for the guys they had um, in those areas last season is to be seen. Um, I could I would agree. I mean, we're not even speaking about some of the loans that didn't come back. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I think it's a it's a big season for certain players to step up. Obviously, keeping Jonathan David's a big thing. Um, I wonder if they were expecting to keep him, but there was really no interest in him. But no, still a top player for them. Um, I think they look good at the back. But yeah, they're basically relying on guys like Umtiti to come in and be really good. I think they've looked a little bit weak in the back, to be honest, actually. Um, despite having really solid personnel, so they need to work that out. They need to work on that. But then, yeah, guys like Alan Virginius actually will have to step up because if we're looking in their forward areas, they've got Chikrova, they've got Haraldson. Um, who else? The, the Alan Virginius, Ivan Cavalero. Hmm. Is it um, as well? Yazichi yeah. and then Kabea as the creative ones. That looks a little bit more, um, just a little bit lighter if we're talking really like um, competing high and I think uh, competing for the top positions. And I think we were kind of expecting reinforcements to happen and they never really came. Like there were no big reinforcements there. Um, but yeah, I think, I think that the player that's going to be most important to them this, this season and we've seen... Every time he's come on the pitch, it's Uncle Gomes. Um, yeah, obviously he didn't start the season as a starter because he came back late um, because of the Euros and stuff like that. But but yeah, I think he's going to be key. And I think he is already looking. He's got a new confidence even more than last season. And everything runs when it goes through him, such as Fonseca's game model. So I think, I think a lot depends on them. But I do think they left themselves a little bit light or they're banking too much on certain players. Yeah, my problem with them in defense is the same problem that I have with Ren, is that they haven't replaced the experience that's gone. Well, um, TT, do you not think? I don't know. I mean, will he play enough minutes? That's the question, isn't yeah. it? Like, you you, you can expect... So, with Ren, they got in Matic, and Matic does guarantee a significant number of minutes. But with Umtiti, I don't know if he's gotten over his injury issues just yet. I do hope that he makes um, yeah, makes an, a good number of, of appearances. But yeah, I don't know. Aside from him, yeah. there isn't someone that screams experience and availability and that constant being an anchor in that side. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit worried about that. I mean, like, yeah, Lenny, Lenny Yoro and a Bufodi Diakite potential centre-back partnership, like, does There's Ribeiro as well, isn't it? So, Ribeiro, yeah, I mean, yeah, but I think, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think a lot of it depends for me on Umtiti coming in and just being great. Yeah, yeah. Big ask, big ask for him. I think after a few seasons of injury, oh, he, he's apparently yeah. the best ever player to have played for that Italian club. So <laughs> that he came to, <laughs> but yes. Well, yeah. Well, we'll plenty to plenty to keep an eye on with with Fonseca's side. Well, hey, let's go on to the team that we always love fangirling about. Will still runs. They currently set fourth in the league table having finished 11th last season. And I have to say, I am positively excited for them this season. I am loving the business that they did. And you can just tell by the tone of my voice that I absolutely, absolutely love the summer they have had and what they are showing so far uh, this summer. You look at some of the signings they've made and they've been big signings. You look at Keito Nakamura, he's coming from Lask. Joseph Okumu from Kent. Mohamed Darami from Ajax. 
club captain of Union San Jelwa, Teddy Teuma, and some really exciting youngsters in Amin Salama from Angers, Uma Diakite from Salzburg, Adama Bojang, one of the stars of uh, one of the youth championships uh, very recently, and Josh Wilson Ebron, who's basically owned that left flank for himself from uh, from Theo Desmet. So yeah, plenty to be excited about. Alex, do you also share my enthusiasm for for us? I do. I think they've signed a thousand white players, <laughs> but but and got rid of some of my faves. I mean, Alexis Flips. I also liked Mitchell van Bergen. I, Mitchell van Bergen. I think I read, kind of reached his end with them. I think with the step up that they're trying to take, but still sad to see Flips go. I think. Midfield, I was worried about, and we've spoken about this before, because Kajust for twelve million, basically the the fee that they signed for him, I think, largely the same fee. Dion Lopi only for six point five million to Almeria. We're not a La Liga part, but Almeria spent a lot of money this window, and I have no clue why. Um, taking a lot of legal prospects in 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 the process of that. Um, but yeah, I've, I'm actually more confident about them seeing some of the players that stepped up. One that we hadn't spoken about is um, Valentin Atangana, and I'm quite excited for him. Um, and then Amir Richardson's also looked really good in, in his um, showing so far. So I, I kind of understand it more now. I don't think they got the best value from the players in selling the midfield players that they did, but I think they've actually got really talented um, ones coming through. So keep an eye out for Atangana. I think he will force himself into the starting lineup over the course of the season. But yeah, defensively, they've really added... I think they were always had a strong starting defense. Um, even guys like Fouquet and Despet were very serviceable. Um, Fouquet still a starter now. Um, but they didn't really have a center back. But now uh, to back up um, Agbadu and Abdul Hamid. Now in Akumu they do. Um, so there's a lot of competition across the squad now. I mean, we've got Durami and Nakamura and Ito. All kind of wingers that would you know expect you know think they're deserving of a start and and yeah this it's 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 weirdly quite a deep squad i think um Kadra also looks decent so far so i think top eight for sure i feel like um but potentially even better i don't know where, where, where do you think their cap is really for the season like where, what do you use the highest do you think you can see them finishing especially with with will still at the club still that that was <laughs> yeah that was that was great no that was great um no I mean to put my fanboy cap aside I think uh, yeah I think maybe top eight would be a good target for them to to finish the season and uh, especially with the top end quality that they've added to replace the likes of Balogun who brought that steady supply of goals um a lot of these wide players will guarantee yeah. guarantee goal goal yeah. return so so yeah my my ceiling as well I think for them is. Is top eight for sure, for sure, and like yeah. for a ceiling is top eight or or floor is top eight. Like, where do you think? I think the best they could do is don't top be a eight. coward. Where do you best, think they're gonna finish? Best is top eight. Yeah, really it doesn't doesn't get better than. I don't think they'll push for Europe just yet. Um, I think maybe that might be a bit of an overperformance, and it might happen. It might happen. I'm not saying it can't happen. It might happen, but I I think that's a bit of an overperformance for them, um, and. Maybe maybe the best I do see for them is is a steady top top eight finish. Maybe maybe if some of the teams around them have a bad season, maybe they sneak into sixth or fifth. Maybe. I think you're being. I mean, 
Claremont Foot ended eighth last season. Didn't they? Yeah, I mean they'll finish within the top eight. I'll give you that. Okay, well, I mean, I'm asking where you think they're gonna finish. I mean, the one thing that I think kind of you alluded to, we haven't even spoken about, is they did lose, like, a superstar striker in Balogun, and it still feels to me that they've gotten stronger. A lot of it, I guess, depends on Amadama Bojang still kind of playing with the reserves at the moment, um, in the fourth tier of French football, just to kind of adapt, which is understandable coming from, yeah, <laughs> from a far less competitive league. But he's banging them in there. I think he scored four goals in his last game. Um, um, so I think, yeah, a lot of it depends, I guess, on on when he kind of comes into the side or how Omar Diakite kind of hits the level, what kind of level he starts to hit. But I do think that they're really good, man. Um, I can see, the, like, I don't think sixth is an unrealistic aim for them this season. And I'm kind of pulling that number out of nowhere because if you ask me the, the five clubs ahead, I'm, I'm not really sure. But... But that sort of feels like where they should be aiming. I think anything lower than ninth would be would be a disappointing finish. I think even ninth would be a disappointing finish for them personally. That we do agree on. That we do agree on. With the with the ambition of their business, definitely. Yeah. Um, should we should we talk about Marseille next, Alex? They are third currently in in the Gun standings. I would have expected them to be a bit lower. Judging, judging by the mood of the start of by the, the <laughs> season, <laughs> but yeah, they they're currently third. Just as they finished last season under under Igor Tudor's guidance, they they have replaced him with uh, Marcelino, which feels like a complete one eighty degree shift in terms of uh, what you want to see on the pitch. But yeah, I think we've seen that transition in style also reflect in the business they've done. So signing guys like Eliman Njai, Ismail Asar, Jeffrey Kondogbia. Renan Lodi to replace the outgoing Nuno Tavares, of course. Joaquin Correa on a loan, which I don't really get. Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, fair enough. I think if you give him the service now, he's still a serviceable league on striker. But, yeah, in terms of the exits, um, some curious ones for me. I feel Matteo Guendouzi on loan, I think we sort of saw that coming after after Tudor left. Uh, but Seattle Kolasinac leaving on a free. Alexis Sanchez leaving on a free. I thought he'd stay. Um, and yeah, Malinowski's gone on loan as well. Um, and yeah, Dimitri Payet unfortunately coming to the end of his uh, glorious Marseille career, being released by the club. Very emotional uh, exit for him. But yeah, um, I'm not I'm not completely sold on the fact that these top end young talents can uh, can help them secure a UCL place. Um, Alex, what what do you feel about about their squad? I think we we've spoken about it before, but I, I think Ismaila Saz already a hit. Um there it looks promising so far. Um Obama Young I'm, I'm not sure on. Um so I think maybe they've gotten weaker. I'm not really sure. It, it's kind of hard to 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 tell right now. Kondogbia is obviously a solid signing, but not in an area that I really think they needed solid signings. I don't think he comes in and he's not their best midfielder and maybe not even arguably a second best central midfielder though he is important to what Marcelino is doing I think a lot of this just kind of depends Marseille are going to be harder to beat this season but it's going to be harder for them to win I think they're going to be a weaker team than they were last year for sure and yeah I don't know it's this hard one for me to kind of judge where they finish at the moment Um, I think they could do better in the Champions League is, is one thing that 
Oh, sorry. No. <laughs> they didn't make the Champions League. They could do better in the Europa League um, after botching their chances of competing in the Champions League. But but yeah, I think in the league they might they might um they've gotten away with it a little bit at the moment, but they might um start finding frustrations when teams aren't as easy to break down or aren't as willing to kind of let them get in behind. Um but I think they'll probably be a solid team. I would be very surprised to see I don't know, I think top five is pretty realistic somewhere there. Three to five. Three three seems high to me. Maybe four to six, something like that. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, four to six seems like the kind of expected regression, especially from the transition that this style um, is going to force on them, like from going from Tudor to Marcelino. And then, yeah, it's difficult to see, like, especially with the performances and the, with the way they're playing, like you said, they are going to be hard to beat, but they are also hard to watch. <laughs> I think that's that's the that's the bigger that's the bigger thing this season is that they are harder to watch than they were under Tudor. Under um, Tudor, they were complicated. Under Tudor, they were complicated, and under Marcelino, they are just flat out difficult to watch. It's it's yeah, it's a lot of giving away the control of games to the opposition and then like yeah, essentially reacting to what they are doing. So so yeah, but no, I mean Vitinha has had a good start to the season, so. Maybe he'll he'll step up and uh, be their be their messiah. So yeah. I mean the one the one thing is Unahi, we kind of tipped him to be their key player this season and he's unhappy in the sort of the left mid position that he's been given. So that's one to keep an eye out on. And he almost left. Um, and he almost left, remember, for, for Brent. Lance Lance should really be keeping an eye on him. That's what I think. Um well, Andy do you obviously you want to give as much support, but I, I think he could be a perfect replacement for Seko Fofana, like pretty much a seamless replacement. So so that's one to keep an eye out for. I don't think Lance will spend that kind of money needed to get him, especially with the Premier League interested. But but yeah, I I don't know where exactly I stand on um on them so far. But I think yeah, they'll be they'll be still a, a top six side at the very least. Cool. But the yeah. fact that we're even speaking about that kind of regression isn't isn't very complimentary of the business that they've done, both in terms of manager and squad turn. For sure, for sure. Well, let's let's move on then to last season's champions in Paris Saint-Germain. No surprise there. And uh, currently they sit second behind another team that's started stronger than them, surprisingly enough. Um, but yeah, Paris Saint-Germain replacing Christophe Gaultier with, uh, with Luis Enrique this season and really going on a big, big spending spree um, as opposed to really convince Kylian Mbappe to to stay at the club after all, after flirting with an exit all summer, basically. So, yeah, they've added in some really, really impressive top-end quality. You look at Randall Kolomwani, look at Usman Dembele, Bradley Barcola, Kankin Lee, Marco Asensio, Gonzalo Ramos, who was supposed to be their big number nine, but doesn't feel like that's going to be his starting <laughs> role this this uh, this season, unfortunately for him. Yeah, Rondal Kolomouani alongside his best friends in Kylian Mbappe and Usman Dembele in that in that front three. Alex, it feels like they're going to walk the league, and they it's just uh, it's just going to be another one of those seasons. Well, we'll talk about the team that I think could challenge them mm. um, in a bit, but yeah, they they should walk the league, shouldn't they? Um, They've they've stacked themselves up front. I actually think this is the best their attack has looked 
in a co- from a cohesion point of view, which is funny enough to say when you've got the, the talents of like Messi and Neymar last season that I feel better about their attack this season. Um, it's kind of ridiculous to say that, but it just does. I think, yeah, Kylian Mbappe keeping him is it was kind of crucial to them being as good this season. Um, but yeah, Barcola coming in alongside Colomani, those are two huge players. Gonzalo Ramos, you know, is a good player. I still want to watch a bit more of him. But then, yeah, Usmane Dembele, also the other huge one. So you've got five players there that are just absolutely massive talents. And that's before we talk about Marco Asensio, Marco Asensio um, and Lee Kanjin, Kanjin Lee, sorry. Um, so yeah, I think they're good. I think if we look at midfield, Ugats actually looked a bit better than I was expecting him to when we were discussing where he kind of fits into the midfield earlier in the season. Um, Vitinha's hit another level. I'm so happy for him. Warren Zaya Emery's a starter. So I think they look solid. It's important to speak about the fact that they've not only lost Neymar, you know, who's a huge chapter in this club's history, but also Verratti, who kind of was the beginning there from the start of their of this PSG movement. So that's a that's a huge signing. Defensively, they look good. Lucas Hernandez has started really well. Marquinhos and, and Skriniar are both great players, obviously. Um Hakimi's look decent. I I I know the other everyone else on this pod seems to be a bit lower on him, but I think he still looks good. I'm I'm really looking for the return of Noon Mensch. I think that's gonna be a really interesting adaptation because I do think he is their best wide um fullback at the club. He's their best fullback, sorry, I meant wide player, but obviously <laughs> not. Uh especially with Mbappe there. But yeah, he's their best fullback at the club. So I think I think they'll 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 they should walk the league. That doesn't always happen in league offer, so we'll see. Yeah, they should. And and I think at least from an objective standpoint, they will be more watchable than they were under under Gaultier. They're looking fun to watch, actually. After those first two games, I was thinking, damn, but no, nah, as soon as you add in that like penetration of Mbappe like and stuff, it just changes the dynamic of the team completely. They weren't fun to watch for me on the weekend, but I decided <laughs> to be Well, I, I suppose yeah, it'll be it'll be a similar sentiment for most league on managers on most weekends. Um, <laughs> but yeah, to talk about the team that will challenge them, and surprisingly enough, we never saw them to be the team that will maybe push. Um, and maybe we're being a bit too early on this take, but possibly because. Biggest uh, competitors to PSG this season are Monaco, currently managed by Adi Huta and sitting second, sitting first, sitting first in Liga after having finished. Yo, you just betrayed your prediction of where they'll end, but yeah. <laughs> after finishing sixth under Philippe Clement last season. And and yeah, they've really gone gone for it in the, in the first few weeks of the season. Unbeaten start. 13 goals scored in four games. They look really impressive. And to add to the very impressive goal-scoring start they've already made to the season, they've added Fuller and Balogun, which I think is going to be amazing for them. Um, he's going to take that attack to uh, to a sort of next level and possibly maybe phase out Visam ben there in that attack alongside uh, Takumi Minamino and uh, Alexander Golovin. So yeah, I'm I'm quietly optimistic about about them. I say quietly, we've we've got them as the closest competitors to to Paris Saint Germain. But yeah, I am optimistic about about their chances this season, especially because you compare their squad and how settled they already look under Adi Hutter compared to the rest of the squads and their competitors, and especially how they look a bit 
iffy and some of them are in transition some of them are still trying to find their feet but monaco are just going for it and yeah they've got a wilfred single as well right back right wing back and now they're playing him right center back which has been an interesting uh development for for us to follow for for him and and yeah he's been he's been fairly impressive um why are we so high on on adi hooters uh, adi hooters monaco alex well I, i think going into the last few days or week of the the window the one question that we we really had is that are they going to bring in a center back because they really need to bring in a center back and of course we knew there were links and they did bring in um siliso in the end and now i don't know it just looks like a very complete squad i think yeah so if we start from the back they've got philip kohn who came from salzburg i think he's a good player looks really comfortable on the ball moving into defense where we had worries i mean wilfred singer is still playing this right center back role we'll see if that continues i think it will because he's not going to take vanderson out of the squad we'll get to him just now but i think now with zakaria looking quite comfortable at center back magasa um matsima of course Salisu, there's a lot of quality there. We look at the wing backs. Obviously, Singo can play right wing back behind Vanderson. I think Ishmael Jacobs or Jacobs, whatever you want to call him, is a very serviceable um, backup to Kao Enrique. And I think that is the second best wing back partnership in the league: Kao Enrique and Vanderson behind PSGs. And you could even argue maybe in the aggregate a little bit better, depending on your feelings of current day Hakimi. I think Nuno Mensch is just so good in any case but but yeah that's a strong team we get into midfield I think that awesome I absolutely love Yusuf Fofana always have I think Mo Kamara looks great and what it is is it's a very defensively like durable solid team but from that midfield like they still offer a lot of attacking threat because Kamara is very comfortable receiving and recycling high Yusuf Fofana himself is very penetrative with his runs and 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 his carries um if we look now a little bit more into the tweener areas i think attack you could argue is where they're weakest but i wouldn't call them weak um you've got minamino who kind of looks like he's running the team um golovin always depends on his fitness but he's he's a very serviceable player himself they've still got ben sigier to come back from injury and then obviously now we're speaking to to add to ben yeder up front they've got balogun who i spoke about earlier being i think a super soft a superstar striker so it there's just there's no real weaknesses across the team anymore it and early signs that they're playing really good football i know there were some doubts about anyhutsa but they they look really good um in my in my opinion i'm a bit surprised uh, i will say um that bodu is still here i thought he was going to leave but I, i've only just seen on the dock now that he, he's not um he was supposed to go back to fair well not back to fair not but back to arno slots at fair not um so I'm sad he didn't get his move for him away from this team but yeah to to focus back on on Monaco I think I think they're going to be really good and I do kind of feel confident enough to say that they're going to be top 2 this season I, I, that's my early shots big big take there big take there but this is what I told you never doubt Monaco they always sneak around and do something <laughs> but you know what for once this is the first time in a few years where they're actually watchable so fair play <laughs> They are. It's true. It's true. And yeah, I mean, just to speak about some of their exits, uh, Axel Lissasi leaving hasn't really been felt. Like on the pitch, you don't see anything that's missing at the back for them. 
And I feel, I think that's a credit. Well, it was a centre back. No, that's <laughs> like, true. That's true. They'd be playing a right wing back. <laughs> that is a true. Defensive midfielder, centre midfielder. <laughs> it was it was one of their pure centre backs. Um, but no, I think yeah, uh, with the quality they've shown so far, it's very difficult to argue against a uh, top two finish for them. And yeah, it just looks like it's going to hopefully get better and better. And obviously, we are both fans of Balogun, and we want him to thrive. And him thriving means Monaco thrives. So I guess it's a it's a win-win for for all parties considered. Alright, I think with that we are done with the transfer window review. Successfully having covered all 18 clubs. Whew, that was a challenge. <laughs> uh, we lost some good men along the way. But... We lost some good men. <laughs> oh, Jerry, thank you. Thank you for your service. <laughs> He would have loved the PSG section. <laughs> he would have. He would have. I, yeah. Oh, well, it's a shame. It's a shame. He was a good lad. A uh, good lad. But no, I mean, Alex, any closing thoughts before we call it a day? No, I think uh, we've spoken for far too long. It's going to be a long pod, but I hope everyone enjoyed it. So, yeah, um, looking forward to, I guess my last closing thought is also didn't know Jean Lucas left. Uh, Monaco so I discovered that on the dock as well and only for six minutes I had high hopes for him I think also the, the modern day tacticals because of his legs and his you know spongy legs and long legs I think they would have loved him so 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 long Jean-Lucas back to back to Brazil good player so I think. long so long indeed so long Jean-Lucas all right listeners thank you so much for sticking with this long long listen i know this is probably going to be longer than any of our episodes that we've done so far but we hope that you found it worth the listen and we hope that you've taken breaks along listening because it's it is going to be an experience listening to all of this at one go but yeah no thank you so much for sticking around until the end and next week we hope to bring to you another different kind of episode as we're still in the international break we're going to be looking at some of the lesser focused on clubs. So keep an eye out, uh, keep an eye out for that. And yeah, I thank Jerry for his time. I thank Alex for his time. And I thank you again, listeners, for your time. See you again next week. Take care and be well.